Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There's none good but Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here with you. Amen. Just looking around, seeing your faces. I was getting a bit emotional there, but uh, I'm just happy to see you. Amen. Missed you all very much. Though it's, I was here in January, but um, uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's at least, you know, 10 of you every day that go through my mind and my heart, you know, just thinking about different ones all the time. So it's happy to see you. Um, we haven't forgotten you, and I know you haven't forgotten us, but we're just happy to be here together. And uh, we're just coming through. We had some things that we needed to take care of, and I emailed the Tom, said, you know, if you want. I'm not, you know, looking for a pulpit, but if you want, I can, I can help. And he said, sure, that'd be great if you could help on Sunday evening. So thankful for that. Thankful that i um, able to time it with a little Titus's baby dedication, too. That's just wonderful. I was a groomsman in Brother Tim's wedding. Amen. I'm still wearing the shoes from his wedding, even tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's one more Andy's wedding I'm saving them for. Amen. <laughs> Papa John. You notice how they changed seats tonight? You know, praise the Lord, you're observant. That's wonderful. So uh, we're happy to be here with you this evening. Just want to share a little thought. It won't be too lengthy. Um, and then we're going home tonight. <laughs> you are too. But... Um, <laughs> But uh, I haven't spoke I haven't spoke here since Belgium either. But that was a wonderful time in Belgium, uh, and uh, just thankful for that too. But here we are. It's a little thought I want to share with you. So if you don't mind, let's turn to our Bibles. We'll start in Psalms 90. Or sorry, Psalms 127, and then we go we'll go to Third John. Thank you, musicians. I always enjoy Brother Benjamin's piano playing. He's my favorite piano player in the message, so I was happy to see him. That's really good. <laughs> Amen. Just have a little thought on my heart, and um, we'll see if we can work through it here together. It's some of it, may, maybe to some of you, it might sound a little bit like I'm going to be speaking psychology, but I'm not. Uh, my title tonight is "Mental Health in Laodicea." Okay, mental mental health. And it sounds like psychology or something like that, but just, just don't judge a book by a cover or a sermon by its title, so you'll, you'll be okay. Psalms 127, then 3 John. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gate. Third John, if you don't mind. Right before the book of Jude. Uh, verse, start verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And just verse 11 there, just skip over to verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. 
He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Praise the Lord. If you don't mind, we'll just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. We're so thankful to be a part of your family, Lord. And sometimes we don't realize, as the scripture says, forget not all his benefits, Father. We're so thankful for your benefits, how you forgiveth our iniquities, Lord. You healeth our diseases, Lord. You crowneth our life with tender mercies, and you satisfieth our mouth with good things, Lord. We love you, Father, and we're just here this evening, a beautiful sunshine outside, but just sense, Lord, your presence just wants to speak and radiate something to our hearts to help us grow, Lord, and to drive away the darkness, drive away anything that would be trying to torment our lives, Father. Bring us into a place of peace and rest in you. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You may have your seats. All right. So mental health in Laodicea. I know it's kind of an odd topic, but it just depends what you're used to, I guess. So sometimes we don't realize what's in the Bible, or we don't realize what's in the message, right? We kind of get used to looking at it a certain way and seeing what we see, and maybe that's it. Um, some of us, maybe you look in the message and all you're seeing is you're, you know, you're seeing who the Catholic Church is and you're just seeing that everywhere through the Word. And that's fine. Or when you look at the Bible, the message, or you're, you're looking towards uh, things of life, you just, you just see global destruction is, is coming. And so everything you think about is geared or on that angle or you're thinking about the rapture. So everything you see is about that. Or maybe you, all you're seeing is dress code. You listen to the message, the quotes that jump out to you are about dress code. So then you want to you know, tell people about dress code and all sorts of things like that, right? Or maybe you're seeing the husbands, the head of the home, and those are the only quotes you're really receiving. But there's so much. The Lord has so much in His Word and in this message. And when, we, when we're seeking Him, He wants to share on every topic of life. And if you talk about uh, you know, Solomon, at one point, I would say like that, he was the wisest man. We know he went a bit crazy with the women in the false temples and stuff like that. But you look about the wisdom of Solomon. He just spoke about so many different topics, right? And even... Compared to say, the book of Proverbs, there's other things that he wrote and thought of and saw. And so I believe that God wants to be able to speak to us on many different topics, including what I'm speaking on tonight. All right? Mental health. And um, it's not a phrase Brother Branham uses. He doesn't use the phrase mental health, but he'll speak about in, the word insane. He said it 287 times. Insanity, 53 times. Neurotic, 79 times. Uh, neurotics 53 times. Okay, so there's a lot of things in the message where Brother Ram is dealing with these mental conditions of people that are going sideways and they're going crazy. And mental health is more of a maybe a term that we're used to. Uh, I'm not sure if... It's such, a, it's such a buzz term right now, and rightfully so, because people are going crazy. And, you know, where I work, I work in Nanaimo now, so at the schools, and um, I can't say too much, but, you know, like everywhere, there's a real problem with people that are homeless, and they're sleeping around in the schools, and they're leaving needles, and they're leaving drugs. And me and another guy at work, we talk, and it's like, drugs aren't the issue. That's a byproduct of it's a mental health problem. And beyond mental health problem, obviously they need to be saved, and the devil is just driving people crazy. But um, it's everywhere. It's all around us. As people are having mental health issues, you can go outside, walk down the street. You know, I can. You don't have to go far to see people that are having mental health issues. Okay, and. Uh, just one definition of mental health from the World Health Organization. It's gonna, it's a, I'm not preaching psychology, but just... Um, mental health is a state of well-being where an individual realizes their potential, 
They can cope with the normal stresses of life. They can be productive and fruitful and make a contribution to the community. Okay, so that's how you just define somebody who has a normal mental health, okay? They have well-being where they can realize their potential. They can cope with the normal stresses of life because life has stresses. There's, uh, we can't try and create a stress-free life. It's not going to happen. And not all stress is bad. It can be driving us the right direction, okay? And, but someone can be productive. They can be fruitful. And they're able to make a contribution to their community. And I believe the Word should be able to produce this in your and I life, right? We should be able to realize our potential, Right? And to be productive and to be fruitful and to make a contribution to our community. Right? Not just, you know, Cloverdale and so forth, but whoever is around us. We should be able to contribute and to be a blessing and to be edifying and to have an atmosphere that radiates uh, love and grace and the fruit of the Spirit. All right? And if the Word's not producing us, that in us, it's not that the Word is wrong. It's maybe our interpretation is wrong. Maybe the way we're applying it is incorrect also, okay? So we need to make sure that we're able to rightly divide the word in our lives so we can share it and manifest it with others, okay? Because I, I, I don't want to be in the message and, you know, be a Christian and just not be mentally stable, <laughs> right? And then there's people around me that, you know, we want to be able to be stable and to help others be stable and be, be productive and so forth. And so I want to read a quote to you from the Church Age book, Brother Bram does not use the phrase mental health, but he uses the phrase mental illness. How's, this is from the Laodicean Church Age. How strange in this age of plenty, in this age of progress, in this age of abundance, how can there be, how can there be trials? Well, now it is strange, but in this age of plenty and opportunity, when everyone has so much and there is so much to be had, what with all the inventions to do our work and so many things to give us pleasure, suddenly we find mental illness taking such a toll as to alarm the nation. When everybody ought to be happy, with really nothing to be unhappy about, millions are taking sedatives at night, pet pills in the morning, rushing to doctors, entering institutions, and trying to drown out unknown fears by alcohol. Yes, this age boasts of its tremendous stores of worldly goods, but the people are less happy than ever. This age boasts of its spiritual attainments, but the people are less sure of themselves than ever. This age boasts of better moral values and is more corrupt than any age since the flood. I love the Church Age book. You can just take a page of that and think, wow, and just meditate upon that for a week or two weeks. Hallelujah. It talks about its knowledge and its science, but it is fighting a losing battle in all fields. For the human mind and soul and spirit cannot comprehend or keep abreast with all the changes that have come upon the earth. In one, gener in one generation, we have gone all the way from horse and buggy to the space age, and we are proud and boastful about it. But inside is a dark, void cavern that is crying out in torment, and without a known reason, men's hearts are failing for fear, and the world is so darkened that this age could well be called the age of neurotics. It boasts, but it cannot back it up. It cries peace, and there is no peace. Right? So this is the age that we're living in. And so we need to be mindful of this, that, you know, we know that there's an uh, influence of Hollywood, there's an influence of music, there's an influence of a pressure to chase riches, and so we need to be balanced in those things and to be on guard. But same with mental illness. Um, maybe um, a lot of people aren't aware of it because it hasn't struck their family before. Right? Maybe it's at a distance. 
But if it strikes your family, it becomes a whole lot more real. And I have, my, my brother has mental illness, my best friend has mental illness, so it's, it struck my home very hard. And looking back on your life, you think, it, hypothetically, it didn't have to be this way. Right? But things went down a certain direction, but nobody knew what to do. Right? We're, we're not trained in life to be able to deal with what certain people are going through. And oh, I feel bad to share my brother's testimony, but I just, I mean, I just have to, okay? Because he's my, my, my older brother, he's my hero. He's the one who introduced Christ to me. He's the one who introduced everything good and bad to me, <laughs> you know? And uh, I still I just love him to pieces. He's still my hero, okay? But growing up, you know, he was the older one. He was the pioneer. You know, the, old, the older brother, you've you got to love and respect your older brother or your older sister, you know? They're, they're the trailblazer. And... Uh, but then, you know, early on in life, all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're a broken family, okay? And the effect that has on kids, again, you're, you're, being, you're affecting young children, okay? And we weren't believers, and, you know, we didn't know, right? And I was too young to even know what was going on. But my older brother, he knew a bit that was going on. So from an early age, mental, mental health attack, basically. You see what I'm saying? So and I know this happens in the message, so it's good for us to be aware. When we're looking at somebody, we need to realize, hey, what are they going through? What, what kind of burdens are they bearing? If I were to walk in their shoes and, you know, we need to have empathy for one another. We're all fighting a battle. There's not one person here who's not having some form of a battle. Amen? Amen. So we need to be empathetic towards one another and give one another grace. Amen? Amen. Be forgiving towards one another. Amen. You know, we don't need to uh, hold grudges and, you know, so-and-so said, to forgive them. Move on. Amen? We've all said things we regret. Amen? There's so many things I've said I regret, but, you know, I'm still here. God forgives me. Amen? And so, anyways, so growing up, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, I, I love my parents so much. I love my stepdad. I, I, I love them so much. But growing up, you know, how do you know how to deal with a stepdad, right? And my stepdad, you know, he's stressed out with having these kids and business and all the things. And so it's affecting my older brother more than me because I was just naturally confident. I was always making jokes to deal with stress, right? We're at the dinner table. Things are stressful. I was like, great too. I said, what do you guys think about American history, and my stepdad's like, what are you talking about American history for? You know, and I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to make conversation, you know. <laughs> grade, grade two, you're trying to steer things towards, you know, just like, hey, Leo, <laughs> this, is, this is all good, right? And so that's the way I was. But my brother was more sensitive, right? And so we have individuals who are different. Me and my brother were from the you know, same stock. But, you know, he's more sensitive and I'm more confident, you know, which is good and bad. And then, you know, life goes on. Then you come into your teenage years, and oh man, the things teenagers go through nowadays. The teenagers of today go through a lot, which I believe we need to cut them, not slack as it were, but be understanding towards what teenagers are facing. Go, one time, just, you know, you know, honey, let's go through a walk through a local high school. Just go walk through a local high school and just see what other teenagers are like. Then you'll go home and just love your kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you realize maybe that, you know, the worst message kid is still like, you know, the best. <laughs> right? So we need to love our children. And, you know, God has to work on them. And we're trying to, you know, take trials and stress away from our kids. You know what I mean? But they have to go through their own struggles and trials also. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, so many, my mind's just exploding. It's been a while since I've been here, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, go through teenage years and then all of a sudden, you know, a beautiful, or not a beautiful thing, sorry, but, you know, it's not fun to be a young man and be, you know, struck really hard with acne, right? 
So you're in school, and people are so looks conscious and everything, that my brother, got, he got really bad acne, which is just normal for teenagers to happen and so forth. But, you know, he's getting acne, and as a family, we're not like, we're not believers, right? And we don't know what to do. We're not, we're not like, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just a stage you're going through. You look fine. God is good. Everything's wonderful. It wasn't that kind of atmosphere around the dinner table. It was kind of like, wow, he's got, you know, that's really bad. It looks bad, right? Because you're so looks conscious, and you, you, you don't know, Right? And so, what do you what do you do? You, okay, you give maybe he needs medication to deal with uh, the face, but then that has side effects, right? And but these are thi- these are things people are going through all around us. Even right now, there's people going through a lot of different things, <laughs> which like God by His Word can help us overcome. Amen. God loves us. God cares for us. Amen. God has the solution. So we need to administer these kind of vitamins. And looking back, I, you, know, I, you know, God knows what he's doing. Yeah. But I so wish we were a believing family. Amen? Like the, like the Andes or something around dinner, the dinner table. Praise God. Don't worry. It's all good. You know? But that's, that's, that's not what God had for us. Amen? So anyways, you keep going through these stages. Right? I remember, I remember um, walking into his room and he would just have his headphones on, lying on his bed, just listening to like Oasis. Like just trying to escape. Right? Because there's... This, this is an age of escapism. And I've spoke before, remember the Joseph, about positive escapism and negative escapism. Right? Negative escapism, you go, you escape into music, you escape into movies, and you come back with negative inspiration. Positive escapism is like, is like Peter on the rooftop, and a vision comes down, rise and he, rise, right? He comes back with positive inspiration. So we want to have positive escapism, not negative escapism, okay? There's nothing wrong with st- stealing away sometimes. Hallelujah. Just getting alone with the Lord. Receiving good inspiration. Not receiving negative inspiration. Amen? And so, I just remember, you know, but me, I, didn't, I don't really understand what's going on. I'm 15, I'm 16, I'm 17, he's 18, he's 19, he's 20. I don't understand what's going on. Right? How, how can you? You're not prepared for this. You're learning things in school that aren't really relevant towards that. I'm learning about, you know, charts and graphs and sin, cosine, tangent and stuff. It's like, ooh, right? You're learning about this kind of stuff. It, it doesn't apply to my home life. Okay? And so eventually, you know, my brother, he just uh, graduates high school and he, he kind of just leaves home. He leaves a note. He left, I think he left a note on my car, on my, on my seat. That I went to Calgary. He just ran away to Calgary. But that's where God began to really deal with him. I know some of you know this testimony. Some of you don't. It's good for you to maybe know this because um, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. So he ran over to Calgary. Is it too fast? No. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. And uh, he just, he's just really looking for God all of a sudden, right? And he's walking down the street. I'm skipping some de- details, but he's walking down the street and he says, God, what am I supposed to do? And all of a sudden, whoosh, this wind blows a paper across his path and it's an address for a Pentecostal church. <laughs> so he starts going to this church, and God starts transforming. And this is like a tambourine-type church, right? So this is, he starts going to this church, and God starts, you know, washing him, you know, dealing with him and so forth. And then he wants to come back and tell me about what happened to him. And he moves across the street from Bible Way. <laughs> and he sees my sister-in-law, Sister Vita, walking down the street. It's a time when you had summer camp in this church. So then he came into summer camp in the fellowship hall, and that's how we came, he came into the message. And so he's, he's here, and he's... He's doing good. He's doing, I just remember just seeing him come back and being transformed and be like, wow, this is amazing. From the guy who was just lying on his bed listening to Oasis to like, he's just so clean. 
It just looks so good. You know, you can see family pictures from that era of our family. He's just like a light bulb, you know, and then I'm going so downhill in those family photos. You look back, it's like, wow, all this was going on in my family. And I'm not just trying to talk about myself so much, but you can see it in your own life too. But, you know, he's sensitive and he's thinking, I'm going to receive the message right away. And my family's going to become Christians and all of his friends were going to become Christians. And that does not always happen. Right? Just because, you know, we love the message or we love the, God transforms our lives, our best friends may not receive it. And that can be discouraging. That can be hard. And so if that's what he begins to go through. And he's not able to handle, he's not able to cope with that kind of stress. He's not able to cope with that kind of pressure. He goes to work, he's being persecuted. Okay? I'm living with him at this time. I'm persecuting him. Right? So this, this is happening while he's coming here. Some knew, some didn't, Right? And it's amazing, these things that take place in our lives, all when we're in a church together. We're all going through very real situations. And so uh, he begins to, you know, just begin discouraged, worn down, worn down, worn down, worn down. And then so he just totally withdraws himself and becomes depressed, right? And then he kind of just fades. I'll just, I'll just leave it there for now, okay? He fades. But then, the same, then God begins to deal with me. It's so strange how that happens. Right? As he begins to get discouraged, then I start to come back towards the Lord. Right? But looking back, and you know, by the grace of God, Tyler's come back around pretty amazing. Amen? We were talking on the phone the other day. He's like, huh? I don't know why I isolated myself like that. I, I needed more fellowship. I should have stayed in fellowship. And so me and him were just fellowshipping on the phone back and forth. And uh, he just, he's probably read this, the, the Bible 12, 15 times. He's read the Seven Seals Church. He just, he's just such a reader. And such a, he just loves the word and loves the Lord, and I'm, I'm happy for what God's bringing, he's, God's bringing him back around slowly. Okay? I love when I go and, go and see him, and uh, I'm thankful for what, what God's done. But looking back, you know, speaking about mental health, okay? Speaking about healing. Healing is a process, okay? But for lack of a better term, anti-healing is a process too, okay? Healing is a process in our lives, in our minds, it's little by little by little. But anti-healing, right? The devil wants to bombard us and take us down and take us down and take us down. And we need to be aware of that. Amen? How he's bombarding our minds and trying to take us uh, down a certain direction. Because we don't, you don't want to go that way. Right? You want to maintain. You want to stay healthy. Stay well. Amen? Stay serving the Lord. Able to st- stay and not be overcome. Because Satan's Eden is not engineered to produce healthy believers. Right? The social constructs of this world is not designed to produce spiritually vibrant people. Right? And so we need to be aware. There's just one quote I want you to read, or I'll read to you, sorry. Brother Bram says, You're an awful deep thinker, aren't you, sister? You've got a weary spirit, too. You're always worrying about things you haven't got no business to be. You're nervous, upset, it's caused you to have acid in your blood and has given you arthritis. Is that right? Go off the platform and be well in the name of Jesus Christ. Go and be healed. Right? But sometimes it can seem like a, prob- a person's need is arthritis. But deeper than that, she was having issues with deep thinking. She was worrying too much. She was crossing bridges before she got there. So her real need wasn't just arthritis. Right? She needed to be more stable in her mind. She needed to be more well-balanced in her life. 
Amen? So we need to make sure that we're well-balanced and aware. We need to be able to gauge where we're at. You know when you're driving in your car, you have a speedometer, you have a tachometer, you have uh, oil pressure, you have a thermometer of how hot your engine is, and you have a fuel gauge. So you have to monitor that, or else you're going to run into trouble. If you just keep driving, your low fuel light comes on, you just keep driving, you know, praise the Lord, you know, beep, 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 you're going to run out of gas and end up on the side of the road. Right? You need to pay attention to the gauge and make decisions according to that. Right? Or your temperature starts going up, steam's coming from your car, and you're just driving down the road. You need to monitor those things or you're going to end up in trouble. That's a car. Right? We're humans. Body, soul, spirit. And sometimes we're just going through life, it's just busy, you know, making decisions in school and work and so forth. And so we're not paying attention to the gauge of our life. And we're going to end up burned out. We're going to end up breakdowns. We need to be pay attention to that gauge and make sure we main, main, maintenance our life. Amen? And it can sound, I'm a very practical person. You know, I just, I just life, we have to be practical, right? And so we need to what, gauge our life. You need a rest? Take a rest. We'll get into that in a little bit later. All right? but we need to be mindful of that to stay healthy, right? And we're all going to have a little bit of issues, a little bit of hiccups and so forth, but it's like, Lord, pour in your healing. Amen? Help me rise back up, Lord Jesus. I may be down, I may be out and so forth, but Lord, help me rise back up. God's love, his wisdom, his grace, his peace is greater than any devil. Amen? And God wants to share that with us. He wants to share his wisdom his grace, his peace. God wants to share it. Let's not run from it. I remember one time I was reading about people, they were homeless, and somehow they inherited a bunch of money. But when the people came to try and give the, the people the money, the homeless people ran. Okay, they saw these people coming in suits with envelopes and so forth, trying to give them their inheritance. But they ran away. These people had millions of dollars for them. But they were so not used to that, they ran away. Right? Let's not run away from the Lord. He wants to help us. Amen? To heal our minds and heal our bodies. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to admit that we need help. Right? Lord, I need help. And not worry about any kind of stigma attached with needing help. The Lord Jesus, he's the great physician. Amen? He went to the Samaritans. He went to the the prostitutes. He went to the publicans and sinners and the tax collectors. He went to Legion. Amen? The Lord wants to help us. Let's not ever try and think that we don't need the Lord. I wrote this down with a star beside it. Christianity will never make us so strong where we don't need God. Right? Christianity is never going to get us to the place where we're so strong we don't need God. We're never going to be like, Lord, I can take it from here. You've done enough for me. I can do it now. Right? We're going to crash. We're going to burn. We need the Lord. And He knows we need Him. And this is my own natural way, you know. A plant, a tree, a flower, it never stops needing the sun. It never stops needing water. That's what it's designed to be like. It's designed with a need. <laughs> you and I are designed with a need. And the Lord wants to meet that need. He's not just trying to hide himself from us all the time. That's not what God's like, amen? He's our bridegroom. He wants to have a loving relationship with you and I. Amen? That's why, as Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all your heart, 
your mind, your soul, your strength. I always swing back to that as my baseline. When things are confusing, I don't understand, I just swing back to that. I love the Lord. <laughs> With all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength. I don't always have to be wondering about my questions and my problems and so forth. I just swing back to that. I love the Lord. And that's wonderful. Amen? I'm so thankful God has given us the ability to love Him. That's great. What a great thing it is to be able to love God in this generation. In a generation where so many people mock God or make fun of Him or, or think that Christians are narrow-minded. But to love God. To know that He's real. To know that His Word is real. What a privilege. What an honor. Oh my. In Jeremiah, you know, it says, Seekest thou great things? Seekest them not. I'll give you your life for a prey. Amen? I'll give you your life for a reward. Our life with Christ is good enough. And whatever else he has in store, let it be Lord Jesus. But let's make sure we love the Lord. You know, we can come to church, go to church, and so forth, but do we love the Lord? We can learn the message and quotes and, you know, things Brother Brenham did and stuff like that, but do we love the Lord? If you and I love the Lord, that will help us through every area of our life. Just different understandings of the message and Brother Ram's life story, it won't help you as much as if you love the Lord. (laughs) When you're in school, you love the Lord. When you're at home, you love the Lord. Just love Him. And you just like, Lord, I love you. I'm I'm just open to you and I'm aware of you and whatever you want. I want that too, Lord. And you just stay humble. Amen? Just stay humble. And you know, we have this funny thing at work where I'm the new guy, right? And so, the union job and union guys. And one guy was, said to me, you know, you new guy, you need to be at the gate at such and such a time and hold it open until everyone goes through. And so, uh, you know, some people would have an attitude to that. I'm not going to hold the gate for everybody. That's embarrassing. I just thought, well, praise the Lord, I'll do it. You know, just walk to the gate and open it up and People are coming out like, oh, man, you don't have to hold the gate and so forth. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. And they're, they're patting you on the back. And then the guy comes by who was, you know, he wasn't bullying me. He was just joking around. He says, uh, you know, um, this is done now. You know, you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> but it, it was just like some people have such an attitude. You know, it's just the devil. They're trying to bully me at work. No, just, open the, just open the gate. Let the people through. You know what I mean? Like, just sometimes just, just be a doormat. It's like... What's the problem, you know? Just be humble. You know? It's just so funny how it just kind of backfired. I like the guy. He was just being, he wasn't being mean. But some people take a thing like that and twist it into some big warfare. <laughs> it's not that. But just, you know, Lord, give us, help me catch your wisdom. Help me know what you want me to do. It's just, it's just that simple. We can make Christianity, you know, so complicated. That's why, like I said, just swing it back. Love the Lord. With all your heart, mind, soul, strength. But like, oh, that's too simple. No, that's so simple yet so deep. To love the Lord. Right? Because we can get so tangled in our mind, you know, thinking about, you know, this or that, or should I go to university? What about the seven seals and so forth? That's good. Those are good thoughts. But if they're tangling you up, pull back and love the Lord. Amen? It'll help you be mentally healthy. With all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love the Lord. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Love the Lord. Let's stay simple. 
There's nothing wrong with staying simple. <laughs> There's a quote my wife found the other day. You know, it said, um, I have it written down here in my scribbles. When I first started ministering, I used to type out verbatim speeches. Now I have scribbles and like lines and arrows, and, but it's good. She found this quote, Though the problems of the world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Isn't that good? <laughs> Though the problems of this world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Hallelujah. Lord, help me stay simple. Don't let me complicate things. Let me stay simple, Lord Jesus. Just trying to think which way I want to go here. I'll go this way, I guess. You know, as far as being simple, just loving the Lord, loving His Word, loving His people, and being okay with His will for your life and not comparing yourself with uh, somebody else, we also need to um, realize that Jesus alone paid the price for us to be released to be able to live this life. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read a church age quote. Again, I just these quotes in the church age book have just been blowing my mind lately. This is from the Philadelphian church age. Now works are fine, but they don't save you. Works don't make you perfect. It is Christ or perish. And it is not even Christ and works. It is Christ alone. This age began the years of Arminianism that does not believe in Christ as the reality. It does not sing of nothing but the blood, for it sings of nothing but the blood and my own conduct. I believe in good conduct. If you are saved, you will do righteously. We have already gone over that. But let me tell you now, salvation is not Jesus plus. It is Jesus alone. Oh my, I love that. Salvation is not Jesus plus. It is Jesus alone. Salvation is all of the Lord. From start to finish, it is all God. Let his life be in me. Let it be his blood that cleanses me. Let it be his spirit that fills me. Let it be his word in my heart and my mouth. Let it be his stripes that heal me. Let it be Jesus and Jesus alone. Not by works of righteousness which I have done. No, sir, Christ is my life. Oh, I love that. Salvation is not Jesus plus. It is Jesus alone. Oh, my Lord. He paid the price so me and you can come out of the slave market. Amen? So I'll just go over an example. I did this at Victoria too. That's why I had this rope here. Okay? I'll put it right here because I know some of you can't see. Let's just say that this is one side and this is one side. Okay? So we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. We're born in bondage. So when you read the word bondage in the Bible, another word is slavery. Okay? So we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. We're trapped in this slave market. We're just being, we're just being, uh, we're under the bondage of the God of this evil age. The God of this world is, he's just in control, manipulating our, I, I have a definition of flesh. It's a, a, gen, a genetic prison influenced by modern day stimulus. All right, your flesh, it's a genetic prison influenced by modern day stimulus. Like, so nowadays the music's different, the movies are different, so that's the modern day stimulus, but it's still flesh. Right, so it's not Elvis nowadays that's, you know, really, uh, oh, the kids are struggling with Elvis. It's not Elvis anymore, right? It's other stuff. So, so 
are, we're in this prison. We're in this slave market being influenced by movies and music and all sorts of things. But then Jesus sheds his blood. He pays the price to redeem us from this slave market into freedom. He alone pays the price to bring us out from here to over here into freedom of the Lord. Hallelujah. And our mind begins to grow and be cleansed and be transformed. But part of my point I want to make right here is that when you go from here to here, it's not all done. It's a process you and I have to go through. Right? Like, so much of the Bible is a story of deliverance. The children of Israel, right? They left Egypt and they marched toward the promised land. Right? But the thing is, when they left Egypt, they walked out of Egypt, they had all the spoils, but they're walking out in their same clothes. They look the same as they did in Egypt. But they need to understand they're about to go through a process. <laughs> Just because they're free from Egypt doesn't mean it's all done. Right? They're about to go through a big process. So you, need, you and I need to realize when we, the Lord frees us from slavery, we're about to enter into a big process. Right? And, and again, in the church age book, Brother Ram uses an expression of truth. There's partial truth and perfect truth. There's partial realization and there's perfect realization. Oh, I love that. So when we come and we become free, we need to realize that we need to go into perfect freedom, not just partial freedom. Right? You know, I'm free from the devil and so forth, and, but we need to realize how free we are in Christ. How free has he made us? It's, it's a pro, things have to come out of us and be, be cleansed from our life. Right? There were those who they wanted to go back to Egypt when things were hard. Right? They had, had to get Egypt out of them. Right? All the, the Egyptian thinking and so forth, Egyptian desires and, had to come out of their, their life. And same with, in the second exodus, the Christians, the Jewish people, when they came out of Judaism into Christianity, they didn't realize how big of a process they had to go through also. Right? They didn't realize how free they really were. That's why if you read the book of Galatians, it says, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Right? Because there was those who were trying to pull them back over here. And part of the Galatians, the issue is they were telling people you have to be circumcised. Right? So they're trying to bring people back to the law. Or they're bringing parts of the law into the New Testament. So it was this mishmash of a bit of Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's a mishmash. So Paul is saying, you need to realize how free you are in Christ. Don't be doing, don't be bringing those things over here. Be free in the Lord. Don't try and add Sabbaths and new moons and all these different kinds of things. You're free. <laughs> You're free in the Lord. You don't got to keep any of those man-made rules and dogmas and creeds and bondage. You're free. We don't have to keep any old Methodist or Pentecostal or Baptist ways. We're free in the Lord. Anything that's not in the Word, we don't have to be, deal with or, or have way on us. We're free. Any kind of man-made convictions or opinions that can weigh on somebody's life, you're free of those. I'm free of those. I'm totally free. Have any personal opinion or conviction, you're free. That's what Paul's saying. You did run well. What did hinder you? Right? They didn't need to be circumcised. They didn't need to go back to the ways of Judaism. But it's so fascinating. If you read the epistles, you read the book of Acts, and like I've said before, but it's not just miracles. 
There's so many things that are going on in the book of Acts. And when you read the book of Acts, from one chapter to the next, it's not like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right? It's not a story of like one month. It's a story of like 30 years. So even someone who is amazing as Peter, the apostle Peter, okay, he comes out of Judaism, he's walked, he's walked with Christ for three years. Then he goes to, he's on that rooftop, like I said earlier, and God's telling him, rise, kill, and eat, Peter. Rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. And all of a sudden, there's three men at his door. Okay, it's God. He's beginning to open up a door to the Gentiles. Okay? And Peter goes to Cornelius' house and says, you know, it's not normal for a Jew to go inside of your house. He's still kind of having some Jewish kind of problems. And um, uh, what's the word? It doesn't matter. But he's having some issues with the Gentiles. And when you read the story of Cornelius, this is 10 years after Pentecost. This is 10 years later, and Peter still has these different things in his mind about how he thinks God is. <laughs> right? Even Paul says in Galatians, I rebuked Peter openly. Because he's, he's eating with the Gentiles, he's you know, breaking the word of God to them, eating with them, and some Jewish believers come, and he leaves the Gentiles. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't want the, Jew, the Jewish Christians to see me with the non-Jewish Christians. This is years later, and Peter still hasn't come to as much maturity as is potential for him. Years. Right? So let's never think that, you know, I've been in the message 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I know it all. None of us are there yet. There's more truth for you and I to grow into. Amen? There's more health for you and I in our lives. Right? There's more freedom for you and I in Christ. I mean, look at the Lord Jesus. He was totally free because his main concern was pleasing the Father. I must be about my Father's business. I do nothing but what I see the Father do, that to do with the Son likewise. That made him so free just by minding what the Lord would have for his life. Oh my, we need to realize how free we are in Christ because so much of our, our mental health strain comes from social pressure. It comes from peer pressure worrying about what other people think. It's a huge strain on you and I, and you and I, about what people think about us. And that's normal. We're human. But if we mind the Lord, first and foremost, and don't worry so much about what others think, right? And say, Lord, I love you. I love your people. I want to be a blessing. But Lord, if some misunderstand this, Lord, just help me love you the most. It just, it'll just relieve so much stress and strain. Like imagine, imagine in the Galatian church, an evangelist, and I know I've mentioned this before, but a Jewish evangelist comes through and you must be circumcised. So he's preaching this to the church and the church is in turmoil. What do we do? So they go home and they're under strain. You know, he, this, this Jewish Christian says we need to be circumcised. So imagine in one house, they're under strain and torment. Do we need to be circumcised? Do we need to be, this is what they said. We cannot be saved unless we be circumcised. Then you have, say, another house. And he says, no, don't worry about it, guys. We don't need to be circumcised. The new covenant, the new testament has made us free from that. Right? So one house, they could have peace because they could understand what was coming across is not, not relevant. Right? So you and I need to be able to discern, to understand when someone speaks to us. No, that's not, no, I don't need to heed that. That's not according to the Word of God. And you and I have the ability to discern. God's given us that ability. Don't surrender your ability to discern what's right and what's wrong. 
The book of Hebrews says, even those who have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. You and I can discern and to recognize what's right and what's wrong. Right? To be free in the Lord. To love Him. Amen? Imagine, you know, and this is a very simple example. Imagine I came out tonight and says, you know what? Every sister should have a ponytail. Because that's the most humble hairstyle a sister should have. Ponytails only. Obviously, you'd be like, that's ponytails only. Come on, Brother Kyle. Or brothers, we should all have beards. If we, if we want to be apostolic, we all need beards. Right? So that, that's, come on, Brother Kyle. Right? But you can recognize that. Right? God's given you and I the ability to recognize that. And that's good. That's not bad. Sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? We're spiritual people that's able to discern these things. Amen? Lord, help me be mindful of you and your word and what I should do and what I shouldn't do, what I'm obligated to do and what I'm not obligated to do. Amen? Oh my, because a lack of understanding can produce so much unnecessary strain in our lives. Right? Lord, help me be able to recognize that, to be fully free. Amen? Lord, it's a process that I must go through, but help me go through that process to be free. Hallelujah. I just want to go through a few more simple things. Is that okay? And this is going to sound very simple again. But you know, if somebody was, wherever you go, you're meeting people. That's normal, right? And as they begin to talk, you begin to learn about their life. And you begin to, again, discern their life and where they're at and whether they're doing well or whether they're not doing well. Right? Whether they're overstressed or they're so forth, you can discern this, right? And so say somebody, say somebody was a mental health worker and they're dealing with a patient. They're going to want to know some very basic facts about this person who's having mental issues. And it's very simple. And I didn't study it lots, but some of the same principles I find time and time again apply to believers. I find a lot of you know, spiritual problems have their roots in something very simple and natural. Right? This big spiritual problem, and this is going on, I'm having this and that. Trace, go back to very simple, natural things. Sometimes you just ask somebody, okay, you're having this problem, you're having this mental battle. How have you been sleeping? Well, no, I haven't been sleeping very good. I've been sleeping like two or three hours a night and so forth. Okay? Sleeping two or three hours a night? You're going to have issues. Right? And it can, that can seem so simple. But that's... Remember when Elijah was so moody and so suicidal? God sent an angel and had him sleep. Right? He needed rest. Before God was going to talk to him in the, in the cave and so forth, first, you, Elijah, you need some rest. Right? Sometimes, friends, you and I, we're having mental issues and battles. How is our sleep? I know that sounds so simple, but this is going to help somebody. You know, you know 10 o'clock is more than midnight. Around 10 o'clock, full shutdown, I'm going to bed. But sometimes at nighttime, you know, your brain gets so tired and so forth. And I tell my wife, I say, this is not the time for deep thoughts. Right? And you're so tired and you just feel wore out. This isn't the time for deep thoughts and deep conversations. This is the time to think about toothbrush, pillow, right? Bedtime snack, and go to bed. Right? Some people, you know, they have such, such mental battles near the end just before bed. Right? Just shut it down. Right? No thank you. Right? Toothbrush, <laughs> crest, you know, it's bedtime. Right? You say, Brother Kyle, that's too simple. If we would apply these things, 
right? Because this is an age of fake lights. So we can be up any time of the night, you know, these fake lights and looking at a phone or a computer screen late in the night. You know, you're not going to sleep well. Imagine back in the olden day, you had a campfire, <laughs> right? And then, you know, the camp, you know, you're sitting on the, how long do you want to sit around a campfire for? It's time for bed, right? And you wake up when the sun comes up and the birds chirp and so forth. You're more on a natural schedule. So we need to be careful because a lack of sleep will go down a wrong direction. It'll catch up with you. It'll begin to spill into your schoolwork. It'll begin to spill into your uh, vocational work. It'll spill into all these different kind of areas of our lives. So we need to make sure, Lord, there's sometimes, of course, you've got to burn the midnight oil. you just got to go for it, you know? But other times, Lord, you need, a, you need a good rest. And he knows that. That's what I read in Psalms 127. He giveth his beloved rest. Hallelujah. So make sure you are getting a good night's rest. And I know, I know these are kind of like don't go there subjects. You know, it's like, we're so spiritual. Don't talk to me about sleep, right? But like, like these are things that we're facing. And these, are, these natural things cause big problems, right? But it's like, you know, don't go there. Don't talk to me about my sleep. That's about me. But it's like the Lord wants to go there. The, Lord wants, the Lord's our bridegroom. I'm Christina's husband, you know? Like, you talk about sleep, right? And so the Lord wants to speak to us about rest. Amen? Like I said, let's not get so deep where we can't catch the simple things, right? <laughs> oh, my. This, and this is another one. This is a real taboo. Don't go there. But how's your diet? I know people, oh, I'm not talking about, you know, preaching health as a religion, but, you know, you go places sometimes. And it's like day after day after day after day. Where's the broccoli? Where's the veggies? Right? Your brain. It needs the right kind of food to function and so forth. It's going to catch up with you. There's a story Brother Ram tells about someone comes to me, Brother Ram, I'm, I'm just not doing well and I'm having this. And Brother Ram says, have you ate? Oh, I ate half a cracker a day before yesterday. You need a good meal. Right? And these things begin to pile up. They begin to spill into areas of our lives where people become mentally unstable. If you, if you go, go, go to He Cares, Do You Care? There's about two or three pages where Ram talks about different things to do with food and all these different kinds of stuff. It will catch up with you and I. Right? And we can say, you know, it's just the devil this and just the devil that. Maybe it's just we're lacking taking care of ourselves. Right? I'm not saying the devil isn't there bombarding us and so forth, but maybe it's different than we think sometimes. I know. Another one is Exercise. We spend so much of our life inside of a box. We go from this box into our car, it's a box. And we go home, we're in a box. And we go to school, we're, in, we're always in a box. Right? And it's not natural. No sunshine, no fresh air. I mean, we're always you know, breathing dust mites and all different kinds of stuff like that. And I mean, Imagine being agricultural Israel. They're always outside. They're always working. Right? My daughter, my daughter and my son... They went to a permaculture day camp the other day. So they're at a farm, you know, doing you know, gardening and so forth. And I, me and my wife were joking around. We're paying for them to play in the dirt. Right? right? Pay, I'm paying for my kids to play in the dirt. You know, and I saw other people at a kid's day camp outside. And, you know, the parents are taking photos of their kids, you know, playing with shovels and playing in dirt. Because our age has got so complex. But the solutions are so simple. Right? People have gone... People have left the simple, natural way of life and they've been chasing science and invention and cogs and wheels and let's go to the Mars. It's insanity. And life is simple. 
that a healthy Christian life is back to simplicity. And then back to fundamentals, back to basics, back to things like forgiveness, back to things like saying, I love you. Amen. Back to kind words, sweetening our words with honey. It's back to those simple things. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to recognize that. If you want to be healthy, if you want to be unstable and always stressed and think that this is just the way life is, and you know, that you can have that. Amen. But Lord, oh, I want to manifest the peace of God, the wisdom of God. Amen. I want to be able to hear your voice clearly in my life. Okay, so, so someone would ask you that, you know, how's your sleep? How's your diet? How's your exercise? How's your social connections? Right? Some people, their social connections are always negative. The conversation topic is always negative. Right? We need to get around people positive. Amen. Inspiring. Right? We want to have good, healthy fellowships. Amen. And the main, the main social connection we want is with the Lord. If you know the Lord, what a difference that makes. You know, I know that this is an age where a lot of people are, are, are lonely. But if you know the Lord, that solves that. Whether if you have 50 friends or you don't, if you have the Lord, it solves it. Because you have Him. It changes everything. You know, I was on the ferry coming here and I was studying. I was sitting outside just watching the mountains and the beauty of nature, the ocean and so forth. And there was this young uh, Asian girl, I think she was Chinese. She was just probably 14 years old. She's just kind of 50 feet from me. And she's all by herself on the top deck and she just looks so sad. She's looking at this mountains, and she's looking over the railing at the water. Then she goes and sits down, and she just looks overwhelmed. Like, what am I doing here? Right? In, in the vastness of this universe, she just looks like she feels so alone. Right? And my friend of mine told me that he had some exchange students. And they come from a country that's so many people. Right? China is so many people. But then say so you come here, it's so vast. So the, the exchange students said, we enjoy the vastness, but we can feel lonely because all of a sudden there's nobody but you, right? So you just feel so lost in the vastness. I just felt, I just felt like, Lord, if we can just realize you and have a relationship with you, it just kind of solves that loneliness issue. Amen? Whether we have a whole bunch of friends or we don't have any, if we have the Lord... Amen. It makes such a big difference. Lord, make yourself more real to me. Amen. You know, I believe that if, we, if all of our Bibles were taken away from us, all of our message books were taken away from us, and these church doors were locked, we could still walk with God. Amen. Amen? Abraham didn't have church services. He did not have a Bible, and he did not have books, but he walked with God. God spoke to him and he heard his voice and he walked with God. And then you and I can walk with God. And we shouldn't be fearful. Right? Whether, wherever we are, it's like, Lord, you're, you're aware of me. In the vastness of this universe, you're aware of our lives. And you care so much for us. I just love that wherever I walk, it's like, the Lord sees me. Amen? The Lord sees you. Everywhere you go, he sees you and he's aware. And just... Do, 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 wherever you go, you know, you're just going to the bank. The Lord sees me. Amen. Driving in your car, the Lord sees me. <laughs> and she's like, I love you, Lord. Yeah. You know, just, you just wave sometimes, you know. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know he cares for you and he's watching you. 
Oh my, what a privilege that is. Hallelujah. I said, back to simplicity. When you walk out these doors, He sees you, He loves you, He cares for you. Hallelujah. We have meaning and purpose. Amen. We're not purposeless people. Even to be a mom. What a great calling that is. To be able to raise children. What a blessing that is. Oh my, this is the age where moms are kind of pushed down, right? Because they feel like they need to go out and get a certificate and, you know, be, be patted on the, black, the back by an employer or so forth. And so moms are, you know, they just feel like, you know, oh, I know. But what a great calling it is to be a mom. To give birth to a child. Hallelujah. We should always love and respect our moms, whether they're believers or not. It's like, mom, I appreciate you. You carried me. You gave birth to me. Oh, my. We should always love our mom. But what a calling it is to be a mom or to be a dad or to be a student or to be a worker. And, and all of that to love God. Hallelujah. To love him with all of our heart and our mind, our soul and our strength. Hallelujah. See, these, these are the basics that will help us have a healthy life in Christ. And there's one more I want to just talk about just as we wind down here. How's your sleep? How's your dine? How's your exercise? Social purpose. What do you think about yourself? Right? This is an age where people hate themselves. Believer or non-believer. They can't stand themselves. They are always beating themselves up about being no good, about missing the mark, about saying the wrong thing, about doing the wrong thing. They're always flogging themselves. This is an age where we need to realize I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. He made me a certain way for a purpose. He loves me. Amen. And I'm just so thankful to be birthed, to have a relationship with him. And I'll give you a simple example. To me, it means something. But I was, in, I was flying to Iceland. I've given this before. I was flying to Iceland and, uh, for Belgium youth camp. You know? And as soon as that plane took off, just a whole bunch of thoughts just started coming. I mentioned this at BCA and stuff. You know, I'm just writing thoughts. God's inspiring me. I'm just, you know, they have the northern lights just flickering on the top of the plane there, and it was just beautiful. <laughs> so God's dealing with me. God's giving me inspiration. And so, you know, when God gives, begins to give inspiration, you just begin to, you know, get anointed. And you start thinking unbelievable ways. <laughs> and so then I'm, I'm getting up. I have to just quickly go to the bathroom. And I, you know, just walk in that small little bathroom there, and, you know, two foot by two foot, and, you know, and I, I just began to look at myself in the mirror. And I thought, praise God. I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God on an airplane, and I hate airplanes. But here I am, I'm a son of God. He's sending me to Belgium for some purpose. I'm so glad to be a son of God. You know, I wasn't thinking about my nose, like what Tom was saying this morning, about our noses and my ears and how, you know, my receding hairline. I wasn't looking in the mirror and just, you know, thinking, man, oh man, I need a wig. No, right? <laughs> right? Some people, whenever they look in a the mirror, they're thinking about, you know, how they wish they could change how they look. I thought, praise God. They're, they're looking at me as something that came from God and is being sent on a mission. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to be able to look in a mirror and say, praise God. Not look in a mirror and say, what a loser. Look in a mirror and say, praise God. It doesn't matter about my physical blemishes or all these different kinds of things. Praise Him. I'm so thankful to be a daughter of God. I'm so thankful to be a... God, you put something in me that loves you. 
You transformed my life. We need to stop beating ourselves up so much and flogging ourselves. Like I said over here, Jesus alone paid the price for our salvation. We're free. We don't need to argue with the devil about our goodness. There's no point when he comes to you and begins to argue about how you're not good or that good. Don't argue with him. Point to Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like, Absolutely, devil. I know I'm no good. Jesus Christ is good. He died for me. Sent me his Holy Spirit. Done. Settled. Over. No more argument. Stop arguing with the devil about how good or bad you are. Give it up. Jesus Christ freed me. Hallelujah. Go free. Leave the torment of beating yourself up. Be free to love the Lord. Hallelujah. Stop reliving things you did wrong in your life. Go free. Hallelujah. Totally free. Stop worrying about the things you did wrong, the things you said wrong. He died for me. He died for you. Glory. Son, we're sons and daughters of God. Amen. We can live complex free. Amen. And I, say, oh, I am this way because... Fine. That's how God made you. God knew what he was doing when he sent your parents here to have you. <laughs> Hallelujah! He knew exactly what he wanted me to look like, be like, and think like. And I look back and say, thank you, Lord! Here I go! And you sent me here to do something. And I wish I was more like so-and-so. I don't! I'm happy you're you. I'm happy God's God. Amen. I'm happy on me. I'm, ha- I'm hope I'm a- you're happy you're you. And if you're not, you can begin to grow into that. Lord, you made me for a purpose. You made me individual. You made me so unique. There's no one like Michael Diaz. Amen. There's nobody like us, Brother Andrew. Think of all the work and effort God put into having Brother Victor, Brother Sterling. All the effort God goes through. Amen. Look at your, your, the pictures of your grandparents. I look at my picture of my grandparent in World War I. In the, by an airplane, and you see me coming in his face. <laughs> man, you can see yourself coming. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. And I'm not going to waste my time and energy meditating about how I'm no good. This life is not about my goodness. <laughs> my goodness, it's not about my goodness. Amen? It's about God. It's about his goodness. Don't forget that. Amen? Whenever the devil comes by your way, you know where to point him. Amen. Jesus died for me. He sent me the Holy Spirit. You can argue with God. <laughs> I'm not interested in arguing with the devil. Amen. Just rebuke him. <laughs> when the, when the, the different ones came to argue about the body of Moses, the Lord rebuke you. Right? Don't argue with the devil. Amen. Just rebuke him and move on. Amen. Go free. Lord, you have a purpose for me. You have a calling for me. Hallelujah. Lord, I love you. Let let the incense from your heart be worship. Amen. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you. Amen. Is there something I can do for you? Amen. We need to stop wasting time beating ourselves up. Amen. Go free to love the Lord. Amen. Live free of man-made pressure upon you or different people's opinions or convictions. Say, God bless you. Some, I have my own opinions and convictions too. Praise the Lord. Amen. Major on the major, major minor on the minors. Amen. But Lord, I'm so thankful you paid the price so I can be free. Amen. And you walk out these doors 
go home, driving, you look in the mirror, praise God. Freedom. Amen? And who knows what God has for you? Whether it's Philip or any of us. It's amazing. You're here. <laughs> You're here. Amen? And I know maybe I'm a bit extreme, but I'm, I'm happy to be alive. You know? I have moments where it's like, oh man, but you know, overall, <laughs> who doesn't, right? <laughs> We're human, amen? I don't believe we got to smile all the time, of course not, and so forth, right? But I'm happy to say, Lord, you put me here, you have a purpose, you have a purpose for my friends, amen? You have a purpose for different people that I come across with, help me trust you, Lord, amen? You know, I was just, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm an extreme gleaner. I just, you know, I, see, I experience something, I glean from it, you know? All of a sudden I see a little newspaper, I pick it up, I glean something, oh, that's it, I found it. So I was on a, again, I was on the ferry, I was by myself coming here, and I saw this uh, little pamphlet about George Orwell, and so I opened it up, and cause he wrote 1984, right? And you see, you know, Orwellian society, blah, blah, blah. But there's a quote there, had from Joseph Goebbels, who drove Hitler's propaganda machine, okay? Because Hitler had lots of propaganda, of course. But he said the key to propaganda was repetition. Just keep repeating and repeating and repeating and get the people to believe it. So it's the same thing with the devil. He's repeating things to you. He's repeating things to you. He's repeating things to you. You're no good. You're not going to make it. He's constantly repeating these things. It's, it's demonic propaganda. But if you can recognize it, it doesn't affect you. Now, I hope you can recognize more of the devil's propaganda, right? When he's pointing at you, point him to Calvary. Amen. Done with the devil's propaganda. Hallelujah. Freedom in the Lord. Freedom to be healthy mentally, spiritually. As John said, I would above all things you prosper in health, even as your soul prospers. Amen. We have the right to live a prosperous life, a fruitful life, a bountiful life. We have a right to have healthy marriages. Amen? To, 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 when people see us and our wives, you know, they say, hey, they love each other. Amen? They're happy to be around each other. But you know what? It doesn't automatically happen. It takes effort. It takes work. Like I was saying about, you know, to be healthy. It takes sleep and so forth. To have a healthy marriage, it takes work. It takes effort. Amen? Sometimes, you know, I'm not the best of it. You've been married for a long time and so forth. Sometimes you still need to go on a date. And it, it might just be you know, going to Burger King, amen, and wearing a crown, <laughs> and having a Whopper. Sometimes, you know, Brother Kyle, no way, we have to go somewhere. No, sometimes it's just simple, amen. And sometimes, you know, this is okay, this is too, like, <laughs> I got a ferry to catch. <laughs> just a few more minutes, okay? But these things are so simple. But if we don't do them, we suffer. Right? And I believe God wants to pour in understanding and wisdom for us to do the and our kids. They need our attention. And sometimes it's, you know, my kids are back there and you have kids and I'm sorry for talking about myself so much, but sometimes the things that mean so much to our kids are things that aren't really fun for us. I don't always want to sit down and play um, you know, Lego. Right? But it means a lot. My daughter did a thing with my parents where she wanted to buy candy and balloons and put the candy in the balloons, then my parent, then you've got to squish the balloons to get the candy. 
It's like, well, okay, my, 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 my wife took her to the store. If you want to do that with, my, with Kyle's parents, we'll encourage that. These things are so simple, but they mean something to the kids. Amen? It's these simple things. It's not always the big things. It's not always the big vacations that make the biggest difference. It's the little things. It's sitting down and saying, how was your day at school, honey? Right? Did you have fun at school? And I, you know, I took my kids to Ubo <laughs> the other day. Ubo is the middle of nowhere, kind of. There was a, a gym night in Ubo. So I'm driving just me, and my, just me and my two kids by ourselves, and, you know, almost hit an elk on the way there. And, you know, we go to Ubo, and uh, my son is playing hockey with the other kids, and me and Sarah were playing basketball, Okay. And it's a, this is just simple. This is just a ball. You're playing basketball. There's, this isn't Disneyland. This isn't Disney World. This isn't Hawaii. This isn't Mexico. Those things are fine. Whatever, right? But these are the simple, everyday things. And for her first time in her life, she sunk a shot on a 10-foot hoop. Oh, she was so happy. And I was so happy. But it's so simple. It's just playing basketball with your kids. It's like, sometimes we think, if we're not doing the big things, well, then why do anything? But it's those little things. That'll make the big difference. We're speaking about, you know, mental health, and I just, I'm swinging into, you know, uh, relationship health and family health. Not that I know everything, but it's the simple things. It's the little things that make the big difference. It's not the big things, it's the little things we leave undone, Brother Bram said, right? Amen? So we need to make sure, Lord, help me do the little things in my life, in my families, and those, like, those I come across, I'm always trying to take them down a certain angle. To help them be healthy also. Right? Again, I had a friend at work and one of his, you know, arch enemies at work who they, they don't talk. The, ar- the arch enemy did something nice for him. And I said, you know, you should go say thank you to him. Right? But he's the arch enemy. It's just things we build up in our mind that aren't even real. So he went and said thank you. And it was, now, it's, now it's creating healing in the relationship. Right? But we build things up in our mind. They're my arch enemy. <laughs> They're a human. They're as flawed as you are. Right? It's the little things. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. Please. I'm sorry. It's these little things that make the big difference. <laughs> right? It's the little things. And I know, you know, we're the bride, and, you know, I love the, you know, seven seals. And this, but when the seals were opened, it revealed names that were written in a book. My name's in that book. Your name's in that book. We are the redeemed. Amen? And the redeemed, God wants the redeemed to live a certain kind of life. And it has to grow in us, and it begins to flow out more and more automatically. There's a quote Brother, Brother Tom likes, and I don't know the exact phrase, but it's like the life in the body is a vindication that the rapture is at hand. Okay? The life in the body is a vindication that the rapture is at hand. So we want to see ourselves becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Amen? More and more like Him. In our, in our small little portion, becoming more and more like him. Amen. That's what we want to see. He was extremely forgiving. <laughs> he was extremely gracious. Amen. Go back and read his life. And just look how he conducted himself with different people. Amen. And he went to those who a lot of us wouldn't want to go to. Like I said, I'm going to wrap it up right here. Musicians can come. We can go outside and we can see that this world is going insane. It's easy to judge it. It's harder to help them. Right. Yeah. Remember the Brandon walked into a restaurant, and there, you know, there's like gambling and music playing, and there's this lady with, you know, she just looked messed up, and Brandon says, God, how can you stand this? 
why don't you just wipe us off the face of the earth? So God showed him a vision of the blood bumper. Amen? And he realized about the grace of God and about his own sins and about the time of grace where everybody has an opportunity for to be forgiven. Right? You know, we can all get self-righteous. God, why don't you just wipe it off? <laughs> As if we're so holy. God's so holy. <laughs> Amen? But it's easy to criticize. It's harder to do something. Right? You see, anybody can... You said lot natural sees all the things coming upon the world and so forth. Right? It's easy. But Lord, let me do something. God may not be calling... He's not calling you and I to change the entire world. But where does he have you? Where is he placing you? Where? Start there. We want, we want to do big things. But start where you're at. Who's in your class? Who do you work with? Who lives in the same house as you? You know, if I were to go to Brother Jeff's house and so forth, three girls and so forth, you know, wouldn't be, aren't you happiest when all your daughters are getting along? Amen? Right? If I go in, you know, it's so wonderful when at home, everybody's getting along. Wouldn't you agree? Start there. Amen? Start from the smallest and work out. Making a difference. And Lord, change me so I can help change others also. Transform me, Lord, so I can transform others also. Hallelujah. Maybe we can stand to our feet. It's a song... Can we sing number 1232? The love of God, Brother Benjamin. I love this. Love of God.
and the love of God. Maybe Brother Benjamin, can you start just playing Think About His Love, Song 253? I just wanted to read quickly a quote to you my wife came across. It's from the 1600s. It says, Assurance is the top and beauty of a Christian's glory in this life. It is usually attended with the strongest joy, with the sweetest comforts, and with the greatest peace. But alas, alas, it is a pearl that most want, a crown that few wear. I'll read it again to you because I believe God, we can have the assurance of God, of what He thinks about us and where we're going. Assurance is the top and beauty of a Christian's glory in this life. It is usually attended with the strongest joy. Amen? With the sweetest comforts and with the greatest peace. But alas, alas, it is a pearl that most want, a crown that few wear. I'm so thankful for the assurance of God in our lives. Amen. We know who we are. We know what He thinks about us. And we know where we're going. Amen. Oh my. Maybe we'll just think about His love. We'll sing the song two or three times. And then we'll close in prayer. about his love more this week. Amen? Whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely. Amen? Think on these things. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask for Tim and Andy. You can come and close in prayer. Amen. If one of the things I miss the most about being on the island is Mr. Andy's is my daughter's teacher. Amen? So thankful we're able to have young men like this that can teach our children. What a wonderful thing it is. I'm so excited for the literary fair coming up soon too. Amen? God bless you, Tim. Dear Lord Jesus, how we thank you, Lord, for another day, Lord, that we could be in your presence, Lord, and be found in your courts with the saints, Lord, like precious faith, Lord, and we just want to lift our hands and worship you, Lord, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, Lord, how we love you, Lord, and we worship you, Lord, for all the good that you have done, Lord God, for all the wonderful works, Lord Jesus, and we are just your miracle, Lord God, each one of us that are here tonight, Lord, it's only by your grace. It's only by your mercy that we are saved, Lord God. You've restored us, Lord God. You've given us health, Lord God. You've given us a sound mind, Lord. And we want to praise you tonight, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, from the youngest to the oldest, Lord, you are worthy, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. And we want to utter, Lord, from the 
deepest hearts that we love you, Lord. How we love you and we need you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, would you pour out your spirit, Lord. If there's someone that's wayward, bring them back, Lord God. Oh, God, pour out your strength to your people, Lord. Go out like that shepherd, Lord, and take your staff and pull them back, Lord, to you, Lord. Oh, that's our prayer, Lord, how we love you, Lord. We thank you for this service. And Brother Kyle, Lord, pouring out his life, Lord Jesus. It's been such a blessing to my life, Lord, and so many others, Lord. May you continue to use him, Lord. May his work not grow less, Lord, but may it grow stronger, Lord. And that he would be a blessing over in Victoria, Lord, more, Lord Jesus. Preaching the word, Lord Jesus, and the power, Lord, of it, Lord God. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. And as your people, Lord, we want to go humbly, Lord, saying, be with us, Lord Jesus. Walk with us this week, Lord. Many are traveling, Lord. Be, be with them, Lord. Keep them safe, Lord. Be with the family of God, Lord. And if there be another Sunday next week, may we come, Lord, for communion, Lord. Ready, Lord, to remember what you've done on Calvary, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Do you want to sing one more rejoicing song before we go? Amen. I just want to take a little bit of time to shout glory, glory, glory. Amen. If you have to, if you have to go, you're welcome. But oh, I just wanna take.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Father. None like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, your great love, Father. Hallelujah. The children, Lord, they love you, Father. Worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, you're so good to us, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Father. How we love you, Lord. Worship you, Lord Jesus. We adore you, Father. You've done so much for us, Lord. Doing so much for us, Father. Hallelujah, how we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Father. None like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we adore you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We adore you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've done so much for us, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, you're real, Lord. You're real, Father. You care. You're mindful, Lord. You haven't forgotten us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We are not forgotten, Lord. Oh, you care. You see us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. None like you, Lord. None like you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We adore you, Father. Oh, times like these, Lord. So appreciate you, Father. Done so much for us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Well, maybe Brother Benjamin, just a word, you're dismissed, but maybe just play that, play that new song Brother Ryan wrote. And you put the words up. But God bless you. You're dismissed. Love the Lord. Amen. You're dismissed or you can worship. But I'm, I'm going to step back. Love the Lord.